So as many of you guys know, I don't really play a lot of modern games. I don't really play, you know, I don't have the latest Halo or I don't even know what, what games are out right now. Um, there are a couple of games that I do play sometimes, but I feel like if I get into games, if I get into gaming, it's going to monopolize my life because I don't have a lot of self-control when it comes to games I've found. So if I pick up a game, I feel like I need to play it until I beat it, just straight through. Uh, so I'd rather just not pick up any games just so that, you know, I don't get into it like that. But every now and then I do play a game. And I think I talked about Pokemon last week or the week before, one of those weeks. Um, and it was a really good game, I think. The Let's Go Pikachu one, that was really good. I'm still kind of playing through it a little bit. But as I'm sure many of you guys know, Smash Ultimate came out. Uh, I think like two days ago or something. Yeah, I think it's been two days now. And I picked that up on release day and I've been playing through it. Really, really good game. Really interesting game. I remember on the 3DS, or I feel like on the 3DS version of Smash, it was... Uh, all of the characters were available immediately. Like, as soon as you turned the game on, all the characters were there that you could just pick from. Or at least that's how it was on mine. Um, and I felt like I fundamentally lost something by not having to go through the process of unlocking all of them. It was still a good game. It was still, I, I believe, probably the best Smash up to that point. Um... Melee was still really good, and of course I still really liked the Nintendo 64 Smash. But, uh, yeah, the 3DS one was not bad. I have to say it was not bad. This one, um, Ultimate on the Switch, fantastic game. Really, really, really good. It's a throwback to all of the modern stuff. So they've got um, Breath of the Wild Link on there. I've been playing him a lot. He's awesome. And I've always played Samus since day one. I've played Samus. That is who I quote-unquote main. I just learned that term recently. That's who I main in Smash is Samus. Um, but, yeah, I'm really... I'm starting to grow an attachment to Link. I really like Link a lot. I think he's awesome. Got really powerful Smash attacks and things. Uh, knows how to use a sword. So anyway, uh, somebody asked me that question, so there's your answer. I main Samus, but I like Link an awful lot. So anyways, yeah, um, really big fan of uh, Smash Ultimate. I've been playing with one of my head admins on the Discord. Uh, I may play with a couple of other people at some point because it's got online play. I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, somebody asked me who my Smash main is. I answered that in the beginning. The answer to that is... I started with Samus. I've always done Samus since day one, since the Nintendo 64 version. But lately, I've been doing Link. Link is pretty cool. And honestly, I'm hoping to get. Uh, I'm hoping to unlock Cloud. I know that Cloud is in Smash Ultimate. That's who I've been striving for since I got the game. I love Final Fantasy VII. One of my favorite games of all time. 
So I'm hoping to unlock uh, Cloud pretty soon. Okay, um, what's the best starter for Pokemon? The best starter? Well, uh, I had blue version, and so naturally I picked Squirtle when I started, but Kylie is a big fan of Charmander. Loves Charmander. And by the way, Bulbasaur is objectively the worst starter. I have nothing against Bulbasaur. Think he's a fine Pokemon. Don't get me wrong. Not all Bulbasaurs are bad. I'm just saying that his stats are the lowest among all of them. He levels up the slowest. He doesn't get as powerful moves all the way through. He's just not a very good Pokemon, honestly. Now, before we get into this clip, I want to mention that after this video hit YouTube, it was hit with a copyright claim. But the claim was written like it was a piece of music. It let me play the offending part of the song in the video and everything. This very clearly falls under fair use. It couldn't possibly be considered anything else. I mean, this is the exact reason why fair use exists. For criticism, reporting, or parody. So I'm pretty unhappy that it got hit with a copyright claim. I challenged it. Hopefully they'll see reason and drop the claim. I guess time will tell. I figured we'd do something a little bit different this time. Um, I figured what I would do is I wanted to go through a cult initiation video. It's the Heaven's Gate initiation video. So I think in 1996, the Heaven's Gate cult, just to give you guys a little bit of context, uh, the Heaven's Gate cult believed that there was a UFO behind the Hale-Bopp Comet. So the Hale-Bopp Comet was famously flying past the Earth around this time. They believed that there was a UFO behind there that was going to pick them up. And everybody was afraid that they were going to commit suicide. They were convinced they were going to commit suicide. The media was kind of covering them a little bit, talking about them. There were rumors. So they came out strong against suicide uh, on their website, which, by the way, their website is still up. Um, if you guys want to take a look at it on the live stream, this is their website. It looks like something straight out of the 90s, because it is. Red alert. Hale-Bopp brings closure to Heaven's Gate. When they died, what they did was they put some tranquilizers in... Uh, some applesauce, mixed it up, and they ate the applesauce. I think there were 39 of them total. And one group ate the applesauce first and put plastic bags over their heads and suffocated themselves, fell asleep with the plastic bags on their heads. And the second group was tending to the first one, making sure that they went smoothly, basically. And that there weren't any issues, that somebody's bags, you know, didn't come untied or something. And then the second group went, and then and there was somebody there to ensure, to, to oversee group number two. Somebody was there who didn't commit suicide, and who called the cops afterward. And, and said, I just discover, I just walked in this house, discovered all these people dead, you know. Where in reality, he, he helped them do it. Um. I don't think he ended up facing criminal charges or anything afterward, but yeah, they did leave some people behind to help that uh, to run their website, to keep the website going afterward and maintain their assets and things like that. Um, I actually emailed the webmaster of this website 
I found their email address through a who, a who is search um, on the domain name, and I sent them an email. Just talked to them through email for a couple of minutes, and they are legit believers. They still believe this. They just stayed behind, kind of taking one for the team, basically. And um, I, it's just fascinating that you know that people can so deeply believe in this that this is in 1996 so 2006 2016 so basically 22 years ago 23 years ago these people killed themselves and this person still believes it to this day and still runs their assets and everything still runs the website it's it's amazing how deeply it gets into you like that truly truly heartbreaking but uh, anyway, so yeah, I mean, they've got all of their stuff. You've got the books that, that the leader wrote. The leader's real name was uh, Marshall Applewhite, I think. But he went by Doe. And it was like Doe from the musical scale. Uh, Doe, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Doe. Um, so it was, uh, Doe was the leader, and he's this bald-headed old man, basically. Wasn't always bald-headed. Uh, he's been running the thing since the 70s, so it all culminated in this big suicide. But uh, his, so basically he was in a mental institution for a short period, period of time. Now bear with me, I haven't researched this since I did the video on it. It's been a really long time, so I may get a couple of facts in here mixed up. Just stick with me through here. Um, you should research it yourself if you're really interested in it. But he was in a mental institution for a little while. One of the nurses there um, talked to him and kind of heard his whole bit about religion and believed him and was like, you know what, you know, I, let's go start this together. Let's go start classes where people can join and hear about your, your whole thing. So he ended up naming himself Doe or calling himself Doe, calling this nurse of his from this mental institution, who is now his partner, not his wife, his partner, he didn't believe in sexuality at all, apparently. He, called, he named her T. So she was T, he was Doe. And he believed that T, his partner, was actually God. And he believed that he was Jesus, reincarnated, basically. Um... So apparently T came to earth, God came to earth in a human body, female body, and helped him, Jesus, get into this human body too. Um, and he talks a little bit about that in these initiation tapes. It's really, really fascinating stuff, but I just want to give you guys a little bit of context on the situation so you weren't completely blind when we go into this. So these are this is the initiation tape, and like I said... You're going to have to watch this on YouTube. If you're on Discord, you have to listen to the stream to hear this. Uh, all right, let's give it a, a, a quick watch here. Classroom, or in old language, a couple thousand years ago, disciples. Those who are trying to prepare themselves for entry into the evolutionary level above human, synonymous with the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven. We're going to talk to you about the most urgent thing that is on our mind and what we suspect is the most urgent 
thing on the minds of those who will connect with us. We'll title this tape, uh, Planet Earth About to be Recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us. So that's what, you know, this is kind of the intro to his, his initiation video. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to leave is with us. And as you can see, he looks like a, I don't even know what. I don't know. His head is so freaking round. Like, heads have no right to be that round, honestly. I mean, he's accosting my senses with his roundness right now. But anyway, um, so there were a couple of parts that I wanted to, uh, to address. So let me just take a quick glance through here real quick. There were a couple of parts in the video where he does some really strange things, says some really strange things. So let's just watch another second or two of the beginning, and then I'm going to skip to another part. It's about 23 minutes in where he's talking about some subject, and he gets really emotional, really strangely. Okay, let's give it a watch. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive or evacuate is to leave with us. Now, that's pretty major statement, pretty bold in terms of religion, in terms of anybody's intelligent thinking. To most people who would consider themselves intelligent beings, they'd say, well, that's, that's absurd. What's all this doomsday stuff? What's all this prophetic stuff? You know, intelligent human beings should realize that Everything has their cycle. Something I want to point out with this is how genuine he seems. And how he's kind of incorporating a little bit of logic into this. Any intelligent human being should know everything has its cycles. And of course you have to agree, sure, there are cycles in things. So he's kind of drawing parallels to other things to kind of rope you in, get you attached to this type of logic that he's working with here. Uh, something else to make note of is the fact that this is one single take. This whole thing, this is a two-hour video that he took, and it's one take because it, it was on VHS tape, I believe. I mean, you saw in the beginning it said play. All right, this is one minute, 41 seconds. Let me just take a quick look here, if you remember... See, it says play. This is this looks just like a VHS tape. Uh, you know, the, the lines going through it and everything. Looks just like it. It's just really fascinating to, to, to look at what this guy had to say and to see how he said it, his charisma, his the, the way he uses logic in some form to kind of try to rope you in. It's just really fat. And look at his eyes. He doesn't break eye contact. I mean, maybe a couple of times here or there, he stares right into the lens the entire time because he knows that that's going to draw your attention. He, you know, you're going to feel like he's staring into you. Okay, let me just skip forward a little bit, take a quick look at a couple of parts. So at 23, 
30. All right, let's start at 2317. Just, just give it a listen. It naturally gives up. We don't care to be aborted by the body that we're wearing. We care more to abort it in proof to our Heavenly Father that we're ready to leave this place. We're ready to go into your kingdom. And they, these students, have to say to my father, we trust your son. We trust the one you sent. Even so much that we have no hesitation to leave this place, to leave the body that we have. And we know that whatever happens to us after we leave this body is a step forward from what we have and that we don't care to be here. You notice how he was tearing up almost. He was, he was crying. I mean, just the emotion involved in this, the level of sincerity involved in this is amazing to me. I mean, the guy really believed this stuff, and he wanted to communicate. He wanted to transfer that belief to his viewers, to his listeners. I caught him at an interesting time right where he's blinking. Let me just step out of that blink there. Uh, it's just really fascinating. Just the whole mindset, the logic, the methodology behind this whole thing is amazing to me and deeply heartbreaking that it works on people. Okay, there's another part I wanted to, uh, to skip to. It's just like a minute or two ahead. It's at like 25 minutes and 30 seconds. Let's give that a listen real quick. Coming of human kingdom but they will be in the keeping of the kingdom level above human just as these have been in the keeping of the kingdom level above human now one thing to note he's saying the kingdom level above human that's supposed to be like heaven basically according to him but he doesn't really he kind of believes that heaven is space it, they called it a ufo cult so he believes that God is a space alien who created us and that this aliens, civilizations coming to pick them up on their UFO and things like that. So he's kind of melded Christianity and sci-fi, for lack of a better term. Um, but yeah, he's using the term kingdom level above human here. And when he says that, he's referring to his version of heaven. The, the alien UFO version of heaven, basically. Okay, let's continue listening to this. Not only here at this time in this generation with me and with T. That T isn't T's name, by the Remember, T is his partner, not his wife, because he... Uh, there's speculation that he was gay and fighting those feelings and, and just hated sexuality as a result castrated i don't know that he castrated himself but he castrated other people in the group at their request um hated sexuality to a high degree so anyways wasn't married to t but that was his partner and that was supposed to be god god incarnate okay let's let's continue uh let's continue listening being of the kingdom level above human just as these have been in the keeping of the kingdom level above human not only here at this time in this generation with me and with T. That T isn't T's name, by the way. Doe isn't Doe's name. I'm not even given to under to 
tell you what my name is, R.T.'s name. T doesn't want you to know it. Okay. I had to put that in there, but just so that you would understand. Okay, the second type... Notice how he got really aggressive for a minute. And then it was just a full reversal. Said, I mean, he, he starts talking about T. Now, at this point, T died. T was his partner. T was supposed to be God, but she had died in her human body, quote-unquote, I guess. She died, uh, like, a decade before or something like that. And the entire group took it really, really hard, including him. He took it really badly. Um, because, you know, this is supposed to be God. And so he, he, you know, you can hear him. Every time he talks about T, you can hear the emotion in his voice. He got aggressive about her just now when he didn't need to be. There was no reason to be aggressive about her. Like, nobody was, uh, nobody was interrogating the guy about T. Why did he get so defensive over her? There was no reason for it. And then he realized he was being overly aggressive and he had to do the reversal. Okay, I just did this so that you would understand. So he realized that he was aggressive, but he still blamed it on, on the other people. So you'd understand. I need you to understand. It, it isn't my fault. I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong here by getting aggressive. I needed you to understand. Okay, let's continue listening. Of individual that can go into the kingdom of heaven is that one at the time that we leave has not completed that and therefore the next level brings them back when a civilization is at the point where they can move in and pick up where they left off and do more overcoming so that they will reach issue time by the end of the next civilization that they have overcoming to do in. The third type of soul or individual that can go to the kingdom of heaven now with us and be in the keeping of that kingdom are those who even hear our voice right at the end or even receive this information and don't know where it's coming from yeah it's just a really fascinating thing to watch um you know i actually I sat here and listened to this for, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to take a quick glance at it. Uh, I'm not even going to spend that much time listening. Just There was like a seven-minute clip, uh, the first seven minutes of this video. So I figured I'd throw it on and listen to it while I did something. And I ended up watching the entire two hours. There's a playlist where I, I just went through the entire two hours. I mean, there are so many initiation tapes. And I ended up just diving headfirst into this this cult. Really, really fascinating stuff. And honestly, it's the prime example of a cult. They hit every marker on the bite scale. Except the bite model is kind of designed to detect uh, financial manipulation. Uh, it, it's looking for not just people who are genuinely brainwashed themselves. It's also trying to detect groups that use people and abuse people this group they did abuse people but i don't think it was a sinister intentional kind of abuse i think that they genuinely believed that that was just the right thing to do do you play any instruments i play the guitar 
and my whole family has kind of been heavily involved in music for like years, for decades. Since the mid-1900s, actually, you know, I've had family members who have been heavily involved in the music industry in one way or another. So my, you know, naturally, the rest of my family is also heavily involved. And my mom plays lots of instruments. I played the violin and other instruments in school. I played the guitar for a long time. I haven't played it in a while now, but yeah, I do enjoy playing it from time to time. It's just been a long time at this point. Um, what is your favorite cult you've researched? I also have an answer to this if if you want to think for a second. Okay. Uh, what's your answer? Jonestown. Really? That's far. your favorite? I, yeah. I mean, it was one of the more depressing researches that I've done, but I, uh, I mean, it's just so fascinating. The whole thing is fascinating and there's so much information about it mm. too, because it was like such a big story. Right. Interesting. For actually, you know, before we move forward, honestly, let me just, um, let me tell you this. I think that my favorite was probably Heaven's Gate, honestly, because their ideas were so out there. It gives us a chance to see the the most efficient ways to manipulate people and how to prevent that from working. So it gave us an, a chance to kind of reverse a lot of the damage or prevent a lot of the damage that could have been done by future cults as a result of this cult doing what they did and being who they were because now we see the psychology behind it Um, for reference i've never really talked about this on my main channel or anywhere else actually but i figured some people wonder what my process is for researching and things like that i figure i'll just address that real quick and like Two minutes or less if possible so when i was uh when i started youtube i was mostly just kind of doing debunks uh, i was just finding these outrageous videos that people you know outrageous christian videos outrageous kent hovind or spirit science videos and talking about them but eventually i started to realize that i i i kind of felt like I, I really enjoyed talking about history, the history of different groups and their founders and, and common traits that you find among these harmful groups, right? So I would spend hours and hours going through these pages. At first, I was doing some of my research on Wikipedia, and then I discovered that Wikipedia is not a good source at all. So now I pretty much only use, you know, honestly, I use a lot of Google Scholar, like scholar.google.com. I also use a lot of .gov and .edu websites to do research and things like that. But something to, uh, something I, I've been doing a little bit recently is I've been getting Crate to do, the you know, the person with whom I've been talking this whole time. I get her to just kind of write up a big fact sheet. So she'll go through and she'll read about these groups. Just give me bullet points like this happened in this year. This happened in this year. The founder did this thing and that thing. And usually I'll end up adding to that myself. It, it gives me a, a good starting place 
uh, for research to kind of figure out what else I need to look into. But a lot of the time, honestly, those fact sheets are pretty comprehensive. So I'll just kind of go through it and I'll think about it and look at how different things the founders done or different ways they manipulate people apply on the bite model and things like that. So I, I used crates fact sheet, just kind of the bullet point thing, um, for the Ramtha's school of enlightenment video and the black Israelites video. And, um, uh, let's see, Marked Men for Christ, and a couple of others. I also did some on the Science Channel. I think I used her fact sheet uh, for the spinal injuries video on the Science Channel. Um, and that's been pretty convenient. That's actually cut my time down a lot. So I've been able to focus more on creating these videos and talking about them and things like that instead of spending the majority of the time digging through, you know, articles on them and figuring out which ones have bias and which ones don't. Because I have mentioned this before, but the Wikipedia page that uh, for the 12 tribes group, that was written by a 12 tribes member, an active 12 tribes member. It was just bias all the way through it. They were ignoring evidence and all kinds of other stuff. Not a good idea to use Wikipedia under any circumstances, basically. Um, you can't trust you can't trust them most of the time. Sometimes you can, and it's good just for glancing and just kind of getting a quick answer to something that's inconsequential. But uh, I would not use Wikipedia for anything substantial. Um, something to note uh, when it comes to the beliefs of any given cult, I, uh, we usually use their website for that. Uh, for the things that they claim to believe, we go straight to them. So there's definitely not any bias. I mean, you know, they say what they believe, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, for example, the, I think the first one that she ever did was the, um, the Quiverful movement. That was the first fact sheet she ever gave me and she I, I don't remember if you went to their website for that or not I don't know if they even had a website but uh, yeah a lot of the time just go to the website and and that's where we find their core tenets and their doctrine if we're looking for the things that they believe they're the best source for that they can tell us best what they believe um, so anyway you know of course we're going to want to look in other areas other other uh, other places to figure out what other things they believe that they're leaving out or, or twisting around or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's how I do it. I mean, that's kind of the process. Crate hasn't done one in a little while, but uh, you know, I'm going to be doing another pretty soon, hopefully. The first guest I have listed is Psych Wolf, a.k.a. Ray. Here, let me unmute, see if... Are you there? Can you hear me? Hello. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, how are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. I have not had you on here before, have I? No, you haven't. So what religion were you originally? Are you still religious or? Um, actually, I was raised more or less non-denomination. Uh, religion wasn't a huge part of my childhood. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Other than my parents uh, came from FLDS. Oh, they did? Really? Yeah. But they weren't FLDS by the time you came along, I guess. 
Yeah, they uh, left when they got married. Oh, that's crazy. So, like, w did it affect your life in any way? Like, did you ever hear them talking about it or anything like that? Or um, They always talked about it, mm. but, like, never seriously. Right. Um, they, uh... <laughs> They always called the people down there plague kids and stuff like that. Really? Kind of so what was it that they called them? Uh, plague kids, which is short for polygamous and then kids. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. That's Just crazy, man. Yeah. yeah, from what I understand, the founder is, or, well, maybe not the founder, but the leader, I guess, is now in prison, and he's been in there for a while, and he's just kind of leading it from prison. Does that sound right? Do you know anything about it? Yeah, that's exactly what my parents have told me. That's insane, man. That is crazy. Yeah, I, I think I did a video on them a while back, and from what I remember, there was a documentary done on them where they were showing the you know they had this basically this cult compound and they all kind mm -hmm. of lived on on the same property and apparently they they refused to pay taxes because the found or the the leader told them not to pay taxes or something like that and they got evicted yeah. from the houses because of it you know i mean what do you expect yeah exactly that's yeah <laughs> that's crazy so is that what it was that got you interested in this corner of youtube was the fact that your parents were raised in it or originally uh i just kind of like was watching people like armored skeptic mm. and um you know uh who else i watched uh uh thunderfoot too oh yeah a lot. yeah and I just saw a lot of, like, crazy creationist videos and science stuff. I've always been interested in science. Same. Before that, I actually was interested in, uh, get this, I watched a lot of spirit science. And I kind of, like, when I was really young, I completely bought that. Really? But, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Like, how young? Uh, it was, like, 12. Okay. 13. That's actually, fascinating, no, man. Yeah, I got out of it around 12. Like, what was it that kind of made you realize it was BS? Um, I kind of just started thinking about it and was like, well, <laughs> some of the stuff they're saying is just like, he's just saying it. He's not like, right. I kind of just started using my brain and, and it just all melted <laughs> <Pretty> away. <much. laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, cult members aren't stupid. I wasn't stupid. I was just brainwashed. I'm just joking around, but yeah anyway just, that's that's really crazy stuff man yeah. uh well i'm glad you found your way out i mean i'm glad that uh you got out of spirit science and i'm glad that your parents found their way out of flds that's insane yeah so what like what do they say about it now do they talk about it much or is it a big part of their lives in any way or um well my grandma on my mom's side doesn't really talk to us much is she still in it she yeah she's still in it oh um, man that's nuts well for those of yeah. you who don't know you probably know more about this than i do because i've only done kind of tangential research on them but from my understanding it's a branch of mormonism it's the fundamentalist uh flds so fundamentalist latter-day saints i think and yeah. they're they're a really tiny group of extremist Mormons who live out 
on their own, just completely separate from society. It, it, it sprung up from the succession crisis, I believe, where Joseph Smith died. Nobody knew who was supposed to take charge after that. One group thought it was supposed to be Joseph Smith's son. One group thought it was supposed to be Brigham Young, and another group thought it was just th this other guy. There were just a bunch of branches of people who thought, you know, this person or that person should take control after he died. And interestingly enough, that's that's how Islam split up, too. It was a succession crisis, and that's why we have Shia and Sunni and and all of the others. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy stuff. So yeah. now I think that they live on this this little cult compound if they haven't been completely evicted from it, um, uh, if they haven't started paying taxes now or not. But <laughs> I think that um, they believe in child marriage, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they believe in child marriage. I'm not 100% sure about that. but Like, I think that that... Uh, they, what I don't it? know if they live on a really small compound because I've seen them all over, just in southern Utah. Like, okay, uh, so they may be—they may have spread out, not really on yeah. on a single can, in a single location anymore. You can identify them pretty easily, but with the way how they, how can you identify them? It's like the way they dress is different, or something, isn't it? Yeah, they uh, the females like always are constantly wearing these like really long dresses and have their hair done up in a certain way. And the males are just wearing like, um, a, usually a tie and a shirt, like a yeah. white button up and dress shoes and all that. So I, as far as I remember, there's, um, so FLDS and Amish, come from completely separate lines of Christianity. They are not even closely related. I mean, the only thing they kind of have in common is the fact that they both believe in Yahweh a little bit. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> uh, the Amish and the Mennonites, they're pretty closely related, and they have really weird, specific rules on dress. Like, one of them is allowed to wear flower patterns, but the other isn't. One of them is allowed to wear plaid patterns... It's just really specific rules on dress. And I imagine that FLDS members can probably easily be confused for Amish. Uh, I'm sorry, Amish or Mennonites. Um, even though, as I said, they're completely different branches. But, yeah, that's, um, that's pretty crazy yeah. stuff. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, hit on? Or? Um, Any questions? Seems like about it. Uh all right, that sounds good. I appreciate you coming on, though, and uh, maybe I can get you on another one of these days, okay? Okay. All right. See ya. Yeah, that's super interesting stuff. Um, FLDS is another group that's really, really crazy. Uh, the, here's the thing. Earlier I mentioned uh, how Heaven's Gate, I didn't really feel like they, they were sinister. They weren't out to hurt people. Um, they weren't cutthroat, for lack of a better term. Um, I feel like FLDS is cutthroat. I feel like they're kind of sinister. In a, in, on, a, on a level that Heaven's Gate wasn't, that they didn't quite reach. I mean, they're both harmful. Really, really genuinely harmful, obviously. They really messed some people's lives up. Both of them. But FLDS, 
I mean, they're marrying children and sleeping with children. They are not, they believe in that doctrine as far as I can remember. Now, I did some research for that video, and as far as I can remember, they do believe in child marriage and consummation and things. So, uh, it it's pretty serious stuff. But anyways, uh, okay. So the next person I wanted to talk to was... Uh, give me a second. It was not an Android. Oh, okay. I didn't see them in the list. Now I do. Are you there? Can you hear me? Not an Android? Oh, uh... Hey. Uh... You're breaking up a little bit. Are you there? Can you hear me? Um, yeah, hold on. Okay. Is this any better? Yeah, it sounds pretty good now, actually. So, what religion were we originally? Are you still religious, or...? Uh, no, not really. Were you ever religious? No? No, I was very religious when I was young and stuff. Oh, really? I was Catholic. Oh, you were Catholic. Okay, was it like Roman Catholic? Or I don't really know the difference between different types. I think it, it gets very weird. Yeah. I think mainly you have like the Roman Catholics, which is the more um, Western right, and then you have the Eastern right. I'm not too familiar with the Eastern right. Oh, okay. But, uh, oh, that makes sense. Okay, that would make sense then. Interesting. So you grew up Roman Catholic, um, and you're not anymore. How long have you kind of been out of it at this point? Uh, let's about a year or two, I would say. Okay, well... Uh, there was, like, a period I was kind of fuzzy with it, though. Right, interesting. Like, where you weren't really sure if you wanted to be in it or not, that kind of thing? Yeah, like, uh, that was like, existential crisis of... Okay, right. God, is God real? Hmm? Right. And you kind of decided that you don't really believe any of it then, I guess? Yeah. What was... I, I was what is it? Oh, no, you can continue on. I was going to ask, what was the thing that kind of pushed you out the door? Uh, not going to lie, I would, I, would, I would probably say my mental health, mm. actually. How so? Um, I... We don't have to talk about it if you don't want. Do you want to skip it? Move I was on just... To- I'll keep it vague. Okay. I was going through a bit of a time with um, a lot of things in my life, and that caused me to feel very badly about myself, Mm. to say. Okay, that makes sense. So, as a result of feeling bad about yourself, you started wondering why you were feeling bad about yourself and that led to a questioning or or this existential crisis or so what kind of happened was um i was like thinking about stuff like if god truly loves me why would he let me feel like this Mm. type questions and like what's evil what's good that and like you know i just went down the rabbit hole Right, I've got you. So it was, you said you were questioning for a couple of years and then you were just out as of a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So how long have you kind of been watching this corner of YouTube? What what drew you here? What was it that got you interested in channels like mine or others? Do you watch any other atheist YouTubers? Um. Yeah, I watch... Um... Um, I watch um, Holy Kool-Aid. Some, 
I don't really, I'm not too into the, you know, atheist community on YouTube, but I watch Holy Kool-Aid. It's cool. Sometimes I watch Ama- Amazing Atheist. Oh, really? Sometimes Dark, yeah. Sometimes Dark Matter. Um, trying to think. Cosmic Skeptic I watch. And a few others I forget. That's cool. Yeah, there's like, um, I don't know, like, YouTube atheism has come in waves. So, in, yeah. I think in 2007 or 2008 or nine or something when YouTube first started, uh, there, was, there was the first wave of YouTube atheism, and that was like the amazing atheist in Dark Matter. And then mm-hmm. we got wave two, which was like Logic and Armored Skeptic. And now I think, I, I guess I'd consider myself third wave kind of. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd call myself a YouTube atheist, quote unquote. I am an atheist, but I don't know that I really fit the molds with the others because I'm not like anti-theist. Yeah, well, yeah. You know. The reason why I got into your channel because a lot of times with some atheist channels, they just seem really pissed off and yeah. moody. Yeah. So, so. But I, I like not to be like a fangirl or something, but like I like yours because you're genuinely chill. But I think you're more like a analyzing right. type deal and like breaking apart. And I like more the analytic side of it more than the anti all religions should die. Yeah, aspect yeah, of it. yeah. I've noticed that. I feel like I I have deep respect for all the atheists on the platform who have been speaking out and trying to fix this uh this religious mess we're in right now but i i have seen in some cases where some of them have been more entertainers than um than i don't know for lack of a better term than youtube atheists they were entertainers before logic you know and Mm -hmm. that kind of bothered me a little bit and I felt like there was a vacuum that, like, in the atheist community, because they'd all gone to other subjects a couple of years ago, and that's why I started YouTube oh, in the first place. I don't mind, like, like not necessarily, like, commentary channel. Yeah. Not, like, atheist commentary, but just commentary in general, doing, like, all the anti-SJW yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, like, if you're an atheist channel, I can understand maybe the anti-SJW stuff tying in with religion right or atheism and stuff but i think like a lot of the anti-sjw stuff that happened like the second wave i think brings up the nastier side of the community yeah where you get the more like like pitchforks and torches and the very like angry yeah i totally agree with that which i don't really like and it doesn't the community justice and it just makes us look like a bunch of pissed off people. Yes. For sure. I, I definitely 100% agree. Um, something I've noticed is people saying that we should mock people and we should do this and that. I agree that we shouldn't be afraid to call things out and we shouldn't be afraid of hurting people's feelings. I don't know that... I, I, I am pro-civility, though. You know, I I believe that we should be civil and honest and and engage in honest debate in a nice way, not be dicks to people generally, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should all be civil, you know, keep our cool. Yeah. 
and stuff, I, even that, if we don't agree at all. Yeah. And that's and, that's missing, or that was missing, it, you know, in a lot of that whole thing in 2016. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, definitely luckily, with you. Luckily, I really came into it, like, after the whole, like, anti-SJW stuff. I came in, like, the middle of, like, the start of the third wave, mm. for, which was, I would say, better on my part. Oh, man. Because I probably... Yeah. Because during the start of, like, that, like, third wave period, yeah. I guess, I was still in that weird fuzzy territory. So, like, I probably would have been scared away. Right. And stuff. Yeah. Like, it, me being, you know, this highly confused person, seeing this, you know, like, angry person, like, ranting on about, like, how this is wrong and stuff probably would have driven me away. And I probably be stuck in a much worse situation right now right um yeah i agree i didn't actually uh i did not come in after the anti-sjw stuff i came in before i came in before armored skeptic or any of the others were talking about sjw's and so i kind of got sucked into the whole thing for like a short time and you know i i agree that we shouldn't be censoring people. And I agree that people who say they hate all men are toxic people. I agree with all that, but I think that maybe we're putting a little bit too much of a focus on it and, and we should probably keep it in perspective and, uh, you know, and not hate anybody. I feel like the, the, the civility thing is really important in this whole situation. So, Anyways, yeah. Yeah, I agree, too. But, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. It's been super interesting, and maybe we'll get you on again, okay? Okay. Thanks, Telltale. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Generally, honestly, I don't really talk about that whole bit very often because it's a very charged issue. Uh it draws a dividing line between people. So if I say the wrong thing, I'll, I'll, I'll get screamed at by SJWs. And if I say the wrong thing, I might get screamed at by anti-SJWs. I'm going to be screamed at by both sides either way. So I figure if I can stay in the middle somewhere and get screamed at an equal amount by both sides, then I'm in pretty good shape. <laughs> But anyways, there was uh, one more person I wanted to get to, and the name was Nope Sauce. Let me find them. Uh, are you there? Can you hear me? Hey. How's it going? Me? Yeah. Oh, good. How's it going for you? Not too bad. Uh, you have not been on here before, right? Nope. So what religion were you originally? Well, I've been involved with two. Um, okay. Uh, I was raised Mormon, LDS. Okay. And then through uh, an ex-girlfriend, I got into uh, a Pentecostal group near where I lived. Okay, that's interesting. So how old were you when you kind of got involved in the Pentecostal thing? Only 16 or 17. Okay, how long I, were you in it? Not too long or? Uh, about a year. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about um, it. Like, what happened with it? Well, uh, with the whole LDS thing, yeah. I they just... At general conferences, and I think you know what those are. Yeah, um, yeah. 
But for they the audience, uh, their general conferences are once a year, right? And they're just they kind of refine doctrine and talk about things. Is that right? Or uh, bi yearly, but yeah. Oh, bi yearly. Right. Okay. Yeah, and uh, they just kept speaking about this. You should feel a burning in your bosom, a burning in your chest, this feeling that uh, the Holy Ghost is there. Right. And I just I never felt that mm. at all. So I just kind of this can't be true. I ain't feeling none of it. Right. <laughs> That and then I learned some of the, <laughs> yeah, and I learned some of the history of it, and it was kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just kind of lost faith, and then I found this girl, got together with her, and she's like, and she's like, oh, what religion are you? Oh, I'm I'm LDS. I still convince myself of that. And she's like, well, you should come to my church. And I actually felt something from that church. Right. I felt a feeling, a burning in the bosom. So I went, but uh, <laughs> uh, me and my Girl, we got a little too uh, frisky one time. Oh, uh, yeah. And her father was the pastor. Uh-oh. And he asked me never to come back. Oh, man, that sucks. And I'm just like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> that sucks, man. Well, you know, honestly, it, I guess it turned out for the best. Do you consider yourself atheist now, or do you still believe in God to some extent? Or uh, I'm an atheist now. Okay. Yeah. After that, I found uh, some of Armored Skeptic's old videos. Right. Started watching those. Uh, that eventually got me to genetically modified skeptic. Very nice. And then that led me to you. That's awesome. Oh, so it was was it recent that you found my channel? I guess. Uh, October, I believe. That's oh, okay, nice. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I just did a collab with him recently, uh, genetically modified skeptic. So I figured I'd have a lot of people coming in from him. I think he's about to hit 100,000 subscribers pretty soon. And he, he asked me to, you know what, I better just keep my mouth shut until the event happens. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't want to spoil nothing. Yeah, I was just talking to him. He, he hit 100,000 subscribers, and I was pretty happy for him. That's awesome. I'm coming up on 100K, too, pretty soon. Yeah, you are. That's going to be pretty cool. I think I'm at like 82K right now. I think I'm probably going to hit 100K in the next two months. Probably by February I'll hit it. That'll be cool. You know, that's really exciting. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Like, I didn't do anything for 50K. Uh, I I have to do something for 100K because, you know, <laughs> I skipped 50. So what do I do? I don't know. He has some plans for his. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to have to give it some thought, I guess. But, yeah, um, <laughs> back to what we were saying. So you felt <laughs> yeah. something at this Pentecostal church, and you went there for like a year, you said, right? Or, or yep. a little bit more than a year? Yep, I was involved in it until up until uh, February, of, February of this year. So what kind of things did they do there that you think maybe gave you those feelings of awe or that, that burning in the bosom, like you called it? Um, they did these... Um, I'm not sure if this is in every Pentecostal church, but spontaneous like singing and speaking it just really got to me like because mm. other people were feeling what i felt it was almost like a camaraderie kind of thing right and i was like it has to be true all these people are feeling it with me yep for sure i know what you mean actually that's kind of one of their things pentecostals as far as i can tell they get you all wound up and get the emotions high and get you singing real loud and you know, that's their whole bit. That's that's their method of roping you in, of getting your, you know, get, making you feel that burning in your bosom, like you said. 
is oh, yeah. uh, is really revving up your adrenaline like that. And um, and a lot of people feel that. A lot of people feel that inspiration running through them, that feeling of adrenaline pumping through their bodies, and that they mistake that for God. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty common in the Pentecostal church. But and honestly. You know, once you have that feeling, it's really hard to let go of it. It's really hard to realize that it's not supernatural. It's just, it's just adrenaline, you know? Yeah. And that's why I'm kind of thankful for uh, the pastor telling me never to come back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, who knows? You could have been in there for the rest of your life for all we know. There's no telling, (laughs) you know? Oh, yeah. Ripping off a Band-Aid. That's what I always related it to. Yeah, exactly. It it ended up being a good thing in the end. But yep. That's that's pretty interesting stuff. And I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. It's been super interesting. And thanks for listening to me ramble for a minute there. <laughs> I appreciate you for letting me on here. Yeah, no problem. I'll talk to you next time, okay? All right. See ya. Yeah, that's that's pretty uh pretty interesting stuff. I did a video on Pentecostals a long time ago. Um forever ago. And it did have a couple of errors in it, and I've talked to some people about it before, uh, some ex-Pentecostals, like uh, Godless Iowan. He is an ex-Pentecostal YouTuber, and he actually did my video, quote-unquote. He dragged it into his video editing program and addressed different parts, you know, and I mean, he and I are decently good friends and we talk every now and then and stuff so I appreciated that he addressed the parts that I got wrong him being an ex-Pentecostal preacher I think or maybe just an ex-Pentecostal striving to be a preacher but anyway uh, I do want to go back through it I I think I promoted his video on my channel when he did it if not, then I, I should have. But anyways, I do want to go back through, do another Pentecostal video and address those things and, and, I don't know, just redo it in general. But anyways, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming and uh, giving it a listen, and I will talk to you next week.